So how did someone come to that conclusion, really? How do you end up looking at 1 plus 1 and saying it equals 304? That's pretty off base. I mean, if you're that that kind of guy or girl that can't get math right when it's that simple, guess what? You shouldn't be teaching class. But that's exactly what's happening today in the world of transgenderism. And that's where we're going today. Wake the faith up, Slayer. Garth Ekman, David Alliance. Getting a, another uh, ringy ding from a lot of you listeners from yesterday's podcast. Hopefully today we'll continue to fill you in. So we're talking about transgenderism. And by the way, if you want to reach out to me and it's your first time listening, you can hit me up at tdagiantslayer at gmail.com. I want to preface this. If you didn't listen to yesterday's uh, podcast, if you're struggling with gender dysphoria, transgenderism, homosexuality, lesbianism, whatever it is, I want you to know that I truly love you and I want to see you free. And I applaud you for doing everything and anything it would take to try to find that place of balance or fulfillment in your life. If you're willing to shoot drugs into your body, cut things off, change your clothes, your hair, your language in order to try to fulfill that void, I admire that you're there trying to do anything, however I warn you, that will not fulfill the void. Only a restored relationship with God the Father will do that, and that's through accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And if you're out there and you said, yeah, I tried that, might it be that you tried religion and not a relationship? So with that, let's jump into today. You know, a lot of people that are so-called Christians believe it's okay to be LGBTQ, whatever. And this is from the Human Rights Campaign, which is an LGBTQ, this gets hard to say after a while, they're an advocacy group. And they write this after having different theologians and studying the topic biblically. This is what they have on their website. All things considered, it is important to remember that throughout church history, new information about people and the world have frequently led Christians to reconsider their beliefs. This need not be a reason to distrust scripture, but rather should serve as an invitation to wrestle with the context of the biblical writers and our own lived experiences. Hmm. As it stands today, there are millions of faithful Christians around the world who have come to recognize the work of God in and through the relationship of the LGBTQ people, as New Testament Daniel Kirk has pointed out. And remember, kids, just because he's a scholar doesn't mean he's a Christian. Anyway, he writes, Today would do well by the tradition of the apostles and our current witnesses in the world to recognize that theological abstractions aside, God has already clearly embraced the LGBTQ plus people into full communion, and it is now the church's responsibility to simply honor that reality and rejoice. And he quotes Luke chapter 15. There's so much wrong and wordplay in that sentence, in that paragraph. It, it would take a week to tear it into pieces, but hopefully you caught all the double entendres and the change of, uh, I guess, definitions of things. But Luke 15 talks about the parable of the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son. But it also talks about repentance, that you need to repent of your sins and turn away. Look, let me ask you this. If there's a person who feels fat, they binge and purge, they weigh only 80 pounds, they're killing themselves, but they feel fat. Do you say, well, I love them and they feel fat, so I'm just going to let them keep doing that. 
No, they're killing themselves. And because you love them and you love God and you know the truth, you say, don't go by your feelings. Don't go, don't go by what your head tells you, what your heart tells you. Go by what Scripture tells you. And you go, okay, but uh, I, don't get the, I don't get the example. There is no Scripture in the Bible that talks about bulimia or anorexia. But because you love them and you understand the truth, you would say, you need help. Now, on the other hand, there are scriptures that talk about homosexuality and about gender. And so even more, we have the right to say, whoa, whoa, wait a second. But I digress. Let's jump to Genesis chapter 19. Lot, he goes to Sodom and Gomorrah with his family, and it is a horrific place. It is sex with anybody, anywhere, anytime, anything. And so two angels come and visit Lot, and they come to save his, his life. And for the night, Lot goes, where are you going to stay? That well, We're going to go stay down in the city. And he goes, no, 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 bad move. Stay here. And when the men of the city find out that there are two new fresh men, fresh meat, they storm Lot's house, demanding to have them for their own sexual practices. That is a whole new level of evil. But if you know the story, maybe you've missed verse 4. Now, before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both old and young, and that word in the Hebrew means lad, as in boy, ages 7 to 13, the men and the boys of that city come from every quarter and they surround the house demanding, bring out those men so we can know them in carnally homosexual ways, old and young. Sodom and Gomorrah gets destroyed in, in, I mean, like so many other cities that openly embrace homosexuality and transgenderism, they all end up getting destroyed. Check history. But check this out. They now were at a place where it was accepted to have boys in sex, and boys want to have sex with men. When you see that little Instagram post of that 12-year-old kid or 9-year-old kid dance around as a girl, at uh, some you know party where they're uh, celebrating transgenderism, w- why not? It was I mean this is old hat right? This happened four thousand years ago. Why are they grooming these boys simply because the men society is sick and twisted and they want to fulfill their evil desires by having sex with boys? And it's so much easier if you applaud transgenderism because it opens the gate to any other type of sick and twisted sex. God, out of his mercy, saves Lot, but not his wife. That's a whole nother sermon. But his daughters are married to two guys who want to stay in the city. So they leave them behind, and Lot and his two daughters go up into the mountain. And guess what? His daughters are panicking. We're never going to have a man. The, The city's destroyed. The world's destroyed. So they get their dad drunk and have sex with him so that they can have kids. Look, here's the point. You can be a Christian in an anti-Christ culture uh, society, and you might stand for God, but it will still change your children. They might even call themselves Christians, but it will change them. That's why you have to guard them, teach them, find the right education system for them. Because even though we go to church, call ourselves Christian, our kids are becoming pagans right before our eyes and accepting this demonic, horrible behavior. Garth Eckman, David Alliance, keep slaying giants.